Lord, we thank you, God, for another day. We thank you for another opportunity. We thank you, God, for being a great God. One who uh, looks beyond our faults, still meet our every need. We thank you for your peace, your protection on this week, God. We give you glory. We give you honor for this rewind. We thank you for every person that will attend on tonight. We ask that you sensitize our ears, open our hearts to receive what it is that you are saying to us on tonight. God, we bind up every foul and filthy spirit that will come against this broadcast. We lose your peace, your joy, your anointing to flow yes, in God. this place. In Jesus' name, God, we ask that you anoint our mouths even now to speak what you say, to do what you say do, God. In Jesus' name we Jesus pray. Name. Amen. 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 Let's get the intro out of the way. Thank you for tuning in to our online Rewind Bible study. We hope that you are blessed by this broadcast. If you are new this to this channel, please be sure to like this video and subscribe. We pray that you'll return to view our channel. This message is brought to you by In-House Productions for HODTV. It's time, it's time, it's time, it's time, it's time, it's time, for rewind, for rewind, it's that time, it's that time, it's that time, it's that time, beautiful, great evening, great evening, good evening Sister Brittany. Good evening. Good evening. Uh, <laughs> let me see. We already had prayer. Uh, we did the intro. Did you do the copyright? No. No, I hadn't did the fair use yet. I hadn't did the fair use yet. 
It's great to have a somehow. You're such a great help. Great help. Copyright mm -hmm. disclaimer under section 107 right. of the Copyright Act 1976. Allowance is made for fair use for purposes such as criticism, comment, news reporting, scholarship, and research. Fair use is a use permitted by copyright statute that might otherwise be infringing. Nonprofit, educational, or personal use tips the balance in favor of fair use. Hey, man. It's always good to get that out of the way. Yes. Uh, because uh, we played that. Everything else um, is produced and created by in house productions. But we do have a clip that is um, from someone else later on in the Bible study. The topic from Sunday, very controversial, uh, confrontational type topic. It, 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 uh, one of those grab your <laughs> attention type attention titles. Yeah. This ain't what you want. This ain't what you want. And you can easily uh, veer off uh, to this way if you're not in the spirit. I thank God for the word on Sunday. I was able to minister to one of the men at the church today uh, and, and able to give him a little prelim on, on uh, the ins and outs of, of this message. I'm excited to check it out. Uh, always look back over my my messages my sermons and stuff as if um, I have never seen it before never heard it before so I can critique myself and often we always get something uh, different out of the message lady maybe what you got I'm, I'm ready to roll Amen. You don't read the scripture. I will. Go ahead. I do want before we start. I do want to say good evening to the uh, evangelist. She's on, and she said good evening to my church family. Prayers for me. We are praying for you, mother. Um, our scripture was found in Matthew. It was twenty and twenty. Twenty twenty through what? I think it was uh, 20 through 20. 23. 23. Okay, I was going to say 23 or 24. Okay. I have two Bibles on my lap, y'all, so just bear with what, me. Uh, hmm. Go ahead. Okay. It says, Then the mother of Zebedee's sons approached him with her sons. She knelt down to ask him for something. What do you want? He asked her. Promise, she said to him, that these two sons of mine may sit one on your right and the other on your left in the kingdom. Jesus answered, you don't know what you're asking for. Are you able to drink the cup that I'm about to drink? We are able, they said to him. He told them, you will indeed drink my cup. But to sit at my right and left is not mine to give. Instead, it is for those whom it has been prepared by my father. When the ten disciples heard this, they became indignant 
with the two brothers. Jesus called them over and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them. And those in high position act as tyrants over them. It must not be like that among you. On the contrary, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. Amen. 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 Sunday I stopped at 23. But uh, it was good that you went on ahead and read the rest of it. Yeah. We got the prelims out of the way. Let's go. <laughs> let's go. Let's go. bad thing. It's hardly, hardly a bad thing for a parent to want the best for their children. Hardly a bad thing at all. Quite naturally, we want them to get the best and be the best. Having the finer things in life as well, as well, as well, as well. Live their best life. We don't want them to experience the hardships that we ourselves had to endure. We generally want life for them to be as easy as possible, forgetting the fact that these individuals are loaners to us from God, for us to nurture, for us to love, sort of like how he loves us. Here within this text, we see a mother that wants just that for her sons especially since she sees that they have devoted their lives to being around and serving with this man formerly known as a carpenter from the slums the ghetto of Galilee and quite naturally one could hardly blame a mother for having such a request that her sons be considered top rank in the kingdom of which this fella, this fella, represent. Uh, could you see the setting, Sister Didi? You can see the setting. Imagine you're the parent of these young men and you could hardly get a chance to see them. You see, they go to and fro. They, they're always walking. One minute they're in Judea. One minute they're in Jerusalem. They're all over the place. And when you get, I finally get an opportunity to see your child. Uh, you understand that, there's, that, that they're doing work for the kingdom. They're doing work for the Lord. And when you finally get a chance to speak to their superior, the leader, the teacher, ah, good God Almighty, you make your request known that you want the very best for yours. I want, I want to make sure he got the best seat. I want to make sure he get the best uh, uh, attention. I want to make sure that he's loved. I want to make sure that she's protected. I want to make sure that ain't nobody taking advantage of them. I want to make sure that they're not being harmed. I want to make sure that I get the very, very, very best for mine. Listen. I don't have enough fingers to count how many times we've been approached by concerned parents. Oh, lead in if you will. 
uh, that seemed to see their grown children involved in putting in all the work at that little old church down on that corner, 118 South Texas Street. See, we've been approached, and without saying, without that saying, what these brothers, the Zebedee brothers' mother said, uh, without them having to say it out of their mouth, they said it with their body language. Without them saying it out loud, they said it with their support. Oh, y'all ain't getting this stuff. Without their, them saying it out of their mouth, they said it with their reactions. Exactly what the mother of the Zebedee brothers' mother said. Here it is. Hey man, Lady Mayberry, what you got? That's good. Um, I wanna, I'm gonna go back to the beginning when you started out. You said every parent, it, you said it's not abnormal for every parent to want the best for their children, and I can see that with this story opening up, saying the mother came to Jesus saying she had a request that you know whatever happens to me is okay but can you promise me that my children will have a, pl a place that they'll have a seat on your left and on your right and i love the way jesus is with us because even though we are at a place of error and and um you know really don't understand he was trying to get them to see that not only um i have went through something to get to this place but i have had a lot of self-sacrifice and the title of this um passage in my bible and my study bible is suffering in service lord jesus that just blew me away when i opened my bible and saw that suffering in service because anytime you really yield yourself to god anytime you really yield your will nobody's gonna have to make a place for you what you do you know yourself out of your heart and for god is going to give you that place that god has already prepared for you in the first place nobody can can promise you anything um when it comes to the kingdom but I just love the way Jesus put it like so nice so you know I, the, the the to give you a position is not mine to give right you know this is up to our father to give you a place if he's already prepared it for you then it's yours but if you're not in the place for that like they're not even um, at the place to learn how to self-sacrifice right you know a lot of us we want positions and we want to do things in the church and there's nothing wrong with that but if your mind and your heart is not ready to fully commit because this is a commitment this is a covenant that you make when you do when we do things for God this is just not to get up for people to look at or for show this is something you have to be totally committed to you have to be dedicated to this thing you have to study you got to pray you got to lay out before God you got to fast so that you can kill your flesh so that when things rise up against you you know how to c conduct yourself in the right manner instead of getting with them like the disciples got angry they said that they got indignant because they got aggravated because of him ask the mother asking that question for them and then them saying yeah we're ready you know like what you mean you know the boys were like we're ready you know yeah. we're ready to do Can you it imagine the the other disciples right it, it doesn't say anything about, about how, how they responded mm -mm. but i can just imagine how the other disciples felt well okay well who are they <laughs> to to automatically get the the seat of the left and the right mm -hmm. 
we sitting back here and we walk with him. We do this and we we help feed the five thousand and mm -hmm. we 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 uh we we fasted and we prayed. But 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 here it is. Your mother come up and have a conversation mm -hmm. when everybody else have to sit back and wait. Right. To have a conversation. Right. And so I could just imagine the the thoughts of the other disciples. Yeah. But I didn't I didn't uh I didn't want to include that. I don't want to go that the deep, deep yeah. off into yeah. that point. I would have never got to verse twenty three. Right. Let's go. I said, I want my son, I want my daughter to be the head usher. I want my son and my daughter to be the lead psalmist, uh, the culinary chief uh chief. <laughs> Give my baby the best part in the Easter program. Make sure mine get the most Christmas gifts. Make sure mine are recognized and catered to the most. And quite naturally, when that doesn't occur, because I know that they are not capable of handling those positions, eventually those parents convince those grown children that ain't the place for them to be. Hello, somebody. However, as we look here at how Jesus handles the situation, we find out that no, Jesus' response wasn't even to the mother. She asked the question. He didn't even respond. Huh? He said, what? you don't even know what you're asking for. You don't even know what you, 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 you asking for this, for them. Oh, good God Almighty. Uh, but you say you love them. Oh, my, man, man, man. Uh, I, can, I can just imagine after he summoned the. And again, you see, the whole point of this, I said, were you asking this for them? Not, not that they, they, they sorry, they lazy, but from the flip side of perspective, you're asking this for them. You don't know what you're asking for. Mm -hmm. And then that's why I said, I thought you said you, you love them. them. Right. Because if you love them, mm -hmm. you wouldn't be asking for everything that I'm about to go through. Mm-hmm. For them, mm -hmm. you're asking this cup for your loved ones, for your kids. Mm -hmm. You're asking them to go through heartache, pain, suffering, lack, yeah. being spit upon, persecuted. Talk you're, about you're, you're coming asking for trouble. Mm -hmm. God yeah. Almighty. Yeah, that's good. Two who were being nominated. They've been nominated, y'all. They've been picked. They've been nominated for the highest honor of the kingdom. Can you imagine how this scenario went? I can see. I can see. I can see our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, after hearing such a thing. Uh, can you imagine uh, our Lord and Savior, cool, calm, and collected, cordially, Taking in what the mother of the Zebedee boys had to say. And while soaking it all in, he's taking everything into consideration. Got to ponder about it a little bit. You know how we look up in the, in the sky and we, we start to see what this individual does for the ministry. We see how consistent this individual 
is. We see, are they even worthy the consideration? But in this particular scenario, you see, James and John is the two in question. And they are actually the first cousins, God Almighty, of Jesus Christ. Oh, Lord. So this mother that has approached Jesus is actually his aunt, his mother's sister. So these are his first cousins. Uh, uh, can you imagine Annie coming up to you uh, uh, saying, hey, 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 make sure you take care of your first cousins. You know, your granny will be proud of y'all. Make sure you take care of your family. You know, family and blood is more thicker than one. You make sure they get the very best. Hello, somebody. Make sure you get them in before the rest of the disciples. I wish I had somebody praying with me. So in all actuality, we have a relative seeking favoritism within the family business. Uh, how many of us know that the, uh, uh, the, the family business, were, were, whether we the CEO or the CFO, we, we, we get a whole lot of suggestions or who should be placed in uh, certain positions, who should be uh, over this and who should do this. But when none of them are supportive of the cause to begin with, uh, as we all know, we've experienced that this could either go good 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 you see you see the auntie nowhere to be found <laughs> up until now right but have suggestions on what her sons should be doing mm -hmm. and what her sons should be placed <laughs> one at the left one at the right in front of all 120 <laughs> disciples this mother this auntie nowhere to be found not even included not even mentioned until now has suggestions you Good know what <clears throat> excuse me I want to say from a, being a mother, from a mother's perspective, I totally understand. And that's why I opened it up the way I did. Yeah. Every parent yeah. wants the best for their, for their child. But that's why I, I don't think it down that way. I don't think that she really understood exactly what she was what asking she was for. Asking no, we are because parents we are so we're protective of our children. You know, uh, as a mother, think about I'm gonna I'm say it from the mother's point of view because. I'm a mother and and so just think about it like this from a mother's point of view <clears throat> she's saying I just want to set them up right I want them we want to actually yeah. secure yes the house <laughs> and leave them everything absolutely I want to set them up in such a way that I know that I don't have to worry about them and then they will have a place they're going to, you know, I know that they're going to go to heaven because what mother want to serve God all of her life, bring the children up in, in church, and then they stray away and don't make it in. 
So she's trying to prepare that way as mothers do all the time. I don't care how old your children are. We are constantly trying to pave the way. We're trying to make sure that, you know, this is good. That is good. We always continue. We continue to be a parent after those children are 18. And so I can definitely understand her passion behind the question. But I don't think that she understood fully what she was asking for. She didn't she understand <laughs> fully that she was actually putting them in the line of fire. Right. That she was actually taking them to a place that they had never been before. Because when you talk about, he said, can you drink this cup that I'm about to drink? Are y'all ready for this? Because he's asking them too, like, do you really understand what you're asking for? Right. Which is why the title of the message is, this ain't what you want. This ain't what you want. You know, now people will look at that and take it in a, if you're a carnal, of course you're going to look at it in a carnal way. Think about it spiritually. Because so many times we come into the ministry and, and, and it can be a, a good thing in, in the beginning because you're zealous. You know, you love God. You're excited about being saved. You want to come in. Everything that got an opening, you want to join. You know, you want to join the praise team. You want to be on the usher board. You want to be a part of culinary. You just running in down the line. You're so happy to be there. You love everybody at this point. And you want to be busy doing what God called you to do. And somewhere down the line, something happens where that fire goes out. Not only does that fire go out, but then uh, you start kind of slacking in what the, the things that you promised God. Because I think you it's something that we've listened to this week talked about that. Making a covenant and promises to God in which he knows what promises we're going to keep and which ones we're going to break. But we make promises and we say, oh, I just want to be on this auxiliary and I want to do this and I want to do that. And then we start slacking. Which is why it's not good to just jump into everything like Jesus was telling them. You're going to have to go through some things first. You're going to have to, you're going to take, it's going to take some sacrificing. It's going to take some heartache, some heartbreak. You're going to have to go through some things. In order to know to be be able to be tested and know that you can stand, it's a, it's one thing to just jump in the church and get busy. We see people do it all the time. Then they start missing. Well, if you are on any auxiliary, you know that you are being counted on to be there. If you're over anything in a ministry, we count on you to be there. Not just at our church. This is every church all around the world. We we expect for you, churches, yeah, at your job, or, yeah, wherever, it, wherever you are. So you you are you are um you have some form of accountability. You have to say, you know, um, I'm taking on this position and take it seriously. I don't care if your church got five members or fifteen hundred members. You ought to treat it the exact same way because this, we all serve the same exact God. And when He gets to handing out gifts, He gonna still hand them out. A According whether you got five members or 1500 members but it seems as though the smaller churches we slack a lot because we feel like oh well you know it don't matter nobody's gonna be there anyway God is there that's our main purpose and that's what he was telling the mother okay you're, you're asking me this but do you know what, what you got to sacrifice to do this do you know what what it's gonna take to make this to, to get to this place where they are what, what are you willing to give up? What are you willing to sacrifice for this position? All right. I believe that was one of the points. Or it could go so. extremely bad. It's always been said that family and friends is a dead end to any business. 
that's just one thing to consider. The other is the age. Somebody say the age. The age of John. We must keep in mind that Jesus is in his 30s. He's fairly a young man. And all of these fellows that are gathered around him learning from him are younger than he is. I wish I was painting this picture clear like Picasso. Uh, listen, I've come to understand that this individual, little cousin, Y'all know how we are about little, little, little Pookie, little, little Ray Ray. I, oh, we, we used to change their diapers. I, oh, boy, I used to keep you and babysit you when you were little. This is first cousin. And he actually is the youngest of them all. Y'all know we see in the scripture that he's the, uh, the, the, the favorite. He's the loved one by Jesus. So I can imagine the things that's going on through Jesus' mind when this mother approached him about one of his little cousins. One of his baby, y'all ain't getting this stuff, trying to paint it, uh, baby cousins. So he, he, he's not looking at him now because you know Jesus he sees all he already know that who he'll become he'll become a writer of several books of the New Testament he, he'll be the last disciple standing after all of the other disciples end up getting killed he'll be the last one y'all ain't in here to testify and preach the goodness of the Lord. So I can imagine him just taking everything into consideration. However, as we take a look at this text, we'll gain clarity as to why Jesus responds to the brothers the way that he does. He first asks his, his, his auntie, he says, uh, Auntie, what's your request? Uh, if it was in today's time, I can hear him saying, what's up, auntie? What's on your mind? Oh, I'll try to paint it, paint it, paint it, paint it. Uh, uh, she makes her request known, and Jesus' response to her was probably the way that we would respond to our relatives that are inquiring about a position or favor for individuals that we know are unworthy, incapable to fulfill the class. Here's his classic response. You don't know what you asking about. Can you imagine the, 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 the type of frown that had to be upon it? You, you, auntie, I don't know about that. Talk about Ray Ray? You talk you talk him? Not, what? You talk about this one? No. You have no idea what you are asking about. And these two fellas says that mm. in essence, uh, the persecution <laughs> that we know Pookie and Ray Ray wouldn't be able to handle and still be a man of God. It wouldn't be able to handle being <laughs> the first 
chance somebody spit on them, <laughs> it's going to be a ride. Pookie drawing down. He calling all his boys. And they riding out. Somebody getting shot. Mm. Nobody. We're not getting to the cross. And we'll never see Calvary <laughs> at all. And so that's why we broke it down that way. They are able. They're capable. They're ready. <laughs> uh, can you see Jesus nodding and saying, nah, nah, this ain't, this ain't what you want. This, this, this ain't, this ain't, nah. You say, you ready for this? No, 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 no. You, you, you ready for this? No, this ain't what you well, oftentimes we believe that we can do what others do simply because of how easy that they make it look. Oh, Lord, help us in here today. Can you imagine how easy <laughs> Jesus made it look? Oh, yes. And that's why they said, they, they, without hesitation, mm -hmm. yeah, we can do it. Yeah, we, we, yeah, uh-huh, we ready. Mm -hmm. we, I'm ready for this. Mm-hmm. Without hesitation, Jesus made Jesus look easy. He made his job. He made his, his job, mission. He made his mission. Yeah. Everything about him. He made it look, look easy. easy. Nothing. It seemed that nothing ever bothered him until uh, John, John, uh, and the thirty-fifth verse, the, the shortest verse in the Bible, when it well. Yeah. That's the only time we see that he show something that bothered him and it was only because their lack of faith let's go what you got well um too i was gonna say i was gonna kind of piggyback off of what uh you said uh, when you was talking about pookie pookie <laughs> and yeah. Ray, i wanted to say i i look at this from this perspective those were disciples and and the mom came asking for something that I believe she thought was old to them they were because they because they were family number one and then number two they had been walking with him they was one of the first disciples mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. so they, they they rank high yeah so that's they she felt like you know that's mm -hmm. what I was thinking that maybe she thought because they had been with him you know and and all of that that they that's how we do you know like just say for instance I can I can make it plain um, if we just say HOD blow up and next month in October for some odd reason we get 500 new members now I don't know what they gonna say but y'all know <laughs> we get 500 new members well the ones that have been with us are gonna feel entitled to positions um um and seniority. Yeah, feel like you have some type of seniority over the people that are coming in because you've been there. But the difference between the two of those people are if someone comes in and and says, Hey, I'm dedicated to ministry. I have X, Y, and Z as background. I'll be here. I'll be on time. What do you need me to do? I well, this is what I did in my old church, and I can do this. And then that person proves themselves to be who they said they were when they came. Then that is the person that we naturally will give that spot to. 
Not because you've been with me and you've been loyal. And then, so see, so let the people, now the people of this day and time will say, well, that's not showing loyalty. But how can I be loyal to someone that has not been loyal to me? You understand? Like, right. she, the mother, I'm thinking that she's coming in asking for really not a favor. She's thinking this is old Something to them. That's old. Yeah. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Right. So that's way I that's the way I took it. And she's asking as because she's thinking, hey, I got a connection it, with you. It's, it's quite naturally. My my uncle, he owned uh, 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 several subways back in the day, and I just knew I can just go in there and get a job. <laughs> I can get a job over everybody. Oh, I ain't got to put in no application. I ain't got to do no wait period. I'm just going to come in and go work. Mm -hmm. And my uncle told me, uh, he said, how, I was working at a uh, rental center at the time. And he said, how long, how long you been working here? For him to ask me that question in his business is right next door. Should have been a, a light bulb to me. Because <laughs> obviously, he hadn't seen me at work. Right. Uh, he hadn't seen the car outside. Right. I ain't came over and got lunch. Mm -hmm. So how long you been working at this place? Right. So obviously you're not dedicated to the place where yeah, you, you are right now. Yeah. So why on earth would I hire you? So Unc told me, man, I think it'd be best if you stay right here and work right here. Mm -hmm. Needless to say, I got fired from that job. Because I was never on time. <laughs> but well, but that's the same. Same scenario. scenario. Yeah. You think same you scenario. deserve something different because that's family when he's I thought late. I was entitled to yeah. a spot. Yeah. You feel entitled yeah. Oh God, that's the word I've been I've been trying to think of. Entitled. That's yeah. what it is. We feel entitled to, to a certain position. Right. Let's roll. Uh, just because it looked easy how they make it look but we don't understand what's all inside the cup that we're eagerly awaiting to take a sip from you ought to nudge your neighbor and tell them this ain't what you want Jesus says to them are you able to drink this cup that I'm about this cup that I'm about to that I'm about to drink. Are you able to handle God Almighty? The things that comes along with just owning this cup. Oh, good God Almighty. Pastor, what cup are you referring to? I'm referring to the cup of judgment, the cup of salvation, the cup of God's wrath, the cup of consolation, the cup of uh, uh, case, uh, 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 entitlement and uh, ridicule and belittlement, the cup of betrayal, the cup of everyone going against you, the cup of being lied on, the cup of being talked about, the cup of hypocrisy, the cup of being challenged by everyone. The cup of continuing to show love to everyone even though you know they hate you. Hello somebody. Are you ready for this cup? No, 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 no. This ain't what you, what you want. Not only, not only, Sister Tiff, not only is he talking about the cup. Uh, he mentions 
some other things that comes along with the territory. And that is, he says, but the baptism, oh my God, not just the cup, but the baptism that I'm about to be baptized with, the sacrifices that I'm about to go through. Are you ready? Jesus is saying to us today, you say, what you won't. I'm, I, I, I'm imagining how things were then and how things are now brings me to the thought of how drastically the availability of individuals have shifted to be in position to be used by God. We live in an area uh, era of uh, uh, where striving to become a polished preacher doesn't quite make the list of most desired things to be when we grow up. The desire to be a Christian with Christian experience isn't even on the list. And sadly, we live in a day and time where traditionalism, as it relates to our spiritual spirituality, doesn't quite make the list as it relates to our own personal priority list. Our main objective in life is to secure the bag. Forgetting what Jesus told us in Mark 8 and 36. For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world but lose his soul? Go on my God, my God, my God. I looked at um, the percentage of individuals going to seminary. I looked at the percentage of individuals even being called to preach versus how it was when I was growing up. Mm -hmm. it, it was so many people uh, that were young adults that was hungry for, for the Lord, that was, that was, that was excited about being a part of ministry, whether it was the drill team, whether it was the uh, mm -hmm. uh, 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 praise dancing or the youth choir, Easter speeches or anything, or just going to church, we, we, we were young and excited, excited about, it. about the Lord. Yes. And it seems like we're living an era uh, where, where I looked at the, the seminary enrollment. There's they actually begging for people. That's why you got so many people online where, where you can get your degree online, where, where, where you can become just, a bishop you online, you can become an apostle yeah. online. No one wants to go through the actual thing that, that, that the, the people before us actually went through to be approved. Mm -hmm. Not that we need approval by man, but to go through and earn. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And so we, we live in an era that if if the generation behind us doesn't get it, then the generation behind them may be churchless. Ooh. I, I can see that because, you know, when you were talking about how it was when we grew up, I think a lot. I think the family dynamics changed a lot, which got a lot to do with the way church is today. Because when we were growing up, we didn't have a choice whether or not we were going to church. These parents now, 
let them let the kids do whatever they want to do. If you want to go, you can. If you don't want to, baby, I went to church. I was pregnant with Waylon at 17 years old, had graduated high school, and I still, because I was under my parents' roof, had to get my behind up and go to church. It was um, it was mandatory in our households, and I thank God for it because look where I am today. I wouldn't be the woman of God that I am today had someone not instilled that in me. Another thing uh, that I think with the family dynamic has where it had we kind of dropped the ball is that the the people the examples that the children have um, are not the way they were when we were growing up. Right. They don't have a, a, a true living example in the house. You know, right. we come it's to the, church. Yeah, people come to church and they hollering and shouting around and singing on praise teams and 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 working on auxiliaries, but then they go home and smoke a blunt and drink and you know curse and all of that in front of those same children. So. How do you expect then when when things happen that you want to cry and say, oh, my God, you know, y'all, let's get together. Let's let's pray for the kids and this and that. And well, wait, wait, wait. But what kind of example have you set? Like, you know, everything that our children are doing, or it has to be a result of what has happened what to them in our households. So we can't be confused when things don't go the way that we think they should go. When you know really in your heart you're not doing your part as a parent or you're not instilling the Bible say train up a child in the way he should go and when he's older he won't depart from it. You know, yeah I got out there and I got on drugs and all that. Granted my parents did everything to keep us in the world. We were at uh, vacation Bible study. We was at Sunday evening service. We had uh, YPWW we, we can't, we was in the young women's um uh, like the uh, mission programs and all of that and we went to etiquette school and everything to teach us how to be ladies and how to do the right things and so it wasn't instilled I mean it wasn't that it wasn't instilled yeah but now I mean, think about where we are now. I mean, instead of sending these girls to etiquette classes, now they, they got twerking contests and, and all kind of other things going on. And the parents are engaging and, 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 and encouraging it. And it's okay. So now it's like, where is the church? Where is the church? You know, where, where, is, where, is, the, where is the body of Christ as it was before? And we wonder why the church don't have the power, the strength that it had then versus now. Right, right, right. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. Let's go. All the days where we walk by faith and not by sight, yet there is not one single follower of Christ nor believer that doesn't want to enter into the kingdom of heaven but don't want to take the necessary steps to secure the seat at the right hand nor left hand of the father we 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 want to go to heaven but we don't want to do the things that it takes to get there we want to be a follower of christ but we don't want to abide by the things that christ says that we should abide by jesus told the disciples in verse 23 uh he said you will indeed oh you're gonna drink it it ain't it might not be what you want <laughs> but you're gonna drink it anyway <laughs> and Along with the drink, you'll be baptized with the baptism that I'm about to be baptized with. But to sit on my right hand, on my left, that ain't up to me. That's up 
to the Father. In other words, oh, you're going to get what you ask for. God Almighty, because you said you're a follower of me. You're going to be persecuted. You're going to be chastised. You're going to be belittled. You're going to be beaten and, and left for dead. But you still might not get where you want to be. Uh, I got three things. And I'm out of here. I absolutely love that part. I that I was over here just shaking my leg, y'all, because I was thinking about how, you know, and this is not to be ugly or anything to nobody. I have been there. I've been on both sides. I understand fully the struggle, the fight, all of that of trying to live holy, try, you know, trying to live holy and you're single. I get it. All of that. But I think that it's, it's like it's like one of these things when you come to God. And you say, Lord, you know, forgive me for my sins. I want I want to be saved. I want to go to heaven. Because, see, everybody want to go to heaven. I don't think I ever met nobody that wanted to go to hell. <laughs> I ain't never met nobody that came and, and came to church and told me, you know, I actually don't want to go to heaven. You know, I, I, I've made hell my, my place. I, I've made that. I've made my bed in hell. I, that's where I want to go. I've never heard nobody say that. And so I've never thought in my mind that anybody that I've ever come in contact with has been um, at a place or is in a place right now where they simply has sat down and made a conscious decision and said, you know what? I think I'm going to hell. <laughs> Everybody wants to go to heaven. Right. Everybody want to go to heaven, right? Everybody want to go to heaven, but nobody wants to do what it takes to get to heaven. It's like it's irritating to me to think about how you you got you got a Bible. You you have access to it. It's at your house. It's sitting on your coffee table. It's collecting dust. Whatever the case may be. It may be in your car. You got a phone. Your Bible is on your phone. Yeah. You have access to the word of God. There are people in other countries, y'all, that are getting killed for trying to sneak and read a Bible. But we have the freedom to read our word. We have freedom to pray out loud and can't nobody do nothing about it. We have freedom to fast. We have freedom to get God's ear. You don't have to go before. Nobody got to go pray for you and then say, okay, I prayed on your behalf. No, now he's your, Jesus is our advocate. He stands on the right hand side of God. He makes intercession for us. And so because of that, you now have a right to come boldly before the throne of grace and ask for what you will. If instead of asking for stuff, we, we get caught up on, Lord, I, you know, I need a house. Lord, you know, I need a car. Lord, I need a man. Lord, I need a woman. Lord, you know what I need. And we got all of these desires for things that are of the world, but can't none of that stuff go to heaven with you. You can't pack your bad house and take it to heaven. Neither can you pack your bad car and put it in your casket and think it's going to make it to heaven with you because it will not. But one thing you got to remember, my soul, though, got to go somewhere. So it's time now to start making preparation like, you know, it's your time. It's time to say yes to God. You know, he's asking all those things and he's saying, oh, you're going to go through these things. You're going to have to you're going to drink of this cup. 
And, and you're going to definitely get to see that this is not what you want. But if you believe this and you know that heaven is your goal, why aren't you doing something to prepare for it? When we get ready to go on job interviews, baby, the day before, you already know what you're going to wear. You know how you're going to wear your hair. You know what you're going to say. How you're going to greet the people. You know all of that. But if you lay your head down tonight on your pillow and die, what have you prepared? Hmm. How have you prepared? My Lord. Cause he's saying you gonna you gonna drink of this cup and you gonna he, that baptism when you when you're baptized you're naturally and spiritually you're dying you're dying you're dying that's what he's telling them you gotta die you're gonna die you have to die it's important that we die to our we gotta die to ourselves to our flesh and then you're gonna see God again when you die your natural de death. And, and that's the reason why the, the points were what they were. Uh, number one was be become overcomers. Number two was uh, be willing to sacrifice. And number three was be born again. Be born again. Once, once you overcome all the things that you, you've been bound by. And then you sacrifice to keep it. To keep it. And then be ye born again. That's yes. To take on this cup. Pettyette, are you ready to be baptized? As I'm about to be baptized. Jesus tells us in Luke chapter 12 verse 50. I have a baptism to be baptized with. And how distressed I am until it's accomplished. Mm. I don't believe y'all caught what he said. He said, I have a baptism. To be baptized by. But how distressed I am. Until. It's accomplished. How distressed I am. Until it's accomplished. I know I have to go. Up Calvary. I know what. I already understand. What I'm about to go through. I'm ready to go and get it over with. Out the way. I'm distressed because it hasn't happened yet. Because I understand once I get up, I have all I got power. All power. God Almighty. I'm distressed right now because I, I want this to, to hurry up. Get yeah, this over get with. This over all with. of the bickering and complaining and the backstabbing. Get this over with. All of the struggling and the, the dying and all. Get this over with. Yeah. Get this over with. Yes. So I can get up with all power. Be ye born again. Full of the Holy Ghost. Good God Lord Jesus. Mm. Lord Jesus. Uh, he was referring to the upcoming sufferings that he had to endure in the flesh. In order to become what we know as the third person of the Trinity. He had to suffer being persecuted. He had to suffer being beaten. He had to suffer being spit upon for your sins and mine. In order to become the gift that we know as the Holy Spirit. Uh, he says, are you ready to go through what I'm about to go through? 
but I'm going through what I'm going through for you. Oh, God Almighty. I, I, I'm going through what I'm going through for you because I know that you are not in a place to go through what I'm about to go through. Oh, God Almighty. Did you know that when you open up yourself up to God and allow him to fill you with the Holy Spirit, you become a living temple. God's glory dwells in you. You also receive his divine inspiration, speech, miracle working power, and prophetic knowledge and revelation. His presence is with you all the time did you know that it's the power of God that helps you fulfill your life's purpose spiritually relationally personally physically and financially it's his anointing that works through you to see blind eyes open the deaf ears hear the dead be risen it's what empowers you to lay hands on the sick and uh, see them recover signs and wonders and miracles happen when you choose to be a willing vessel and allow God's power to flow through you did you know when Jesus commanded his disciples to go and wait for the Holy Spirit he knew that they would be witnesses he called each of us into ministry he's called us all into ministry to be witnesses and whoever believes in me will do the works i've been doing and they will be even greater things than these because i'm going to the father that's john 14 and 12 god Jesus says that I'm, as I send, have been sent, I'm sending you. Wherever you go, tell them the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven did you know that the devil ain't worried about no christians that sit around doing nothing singing kumbaya only to go through the motions and never get involved with sharing the gospel of jesus christ he knows that you're afraid of that cup he knows that you know that you ain't about what's in it he knows he knows but he's terrified believers that's empowered by the Holy Spirit that will stand flat-footed and declare what thus said the Lord regardless who gets upset regardless who tunes out he stands he knows and he understands that to be terrified he knows the authority 
and to go into the world with boldness and confidence to those that uh, 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 that are free and, and to those who are bound by sin those that ain't afraid of the cup those that's devoted to laying hands on the sick regardless of what temperature you have to see that life is being brought upon hope is being brought upon them deliverance is being brought upon them and the God uh, the love of God is being brought upon them those that will call out cast out devils by name today's your day today's your day today's your day to declare that I am an overcomer I'm an overcomer of depression I'm an overcomer of anger I'm an overcomer of sickness I'm an overcomer of sexual immorality take a sip of that sacrifice take a drink of that servitude and be ye baptized in the Holy Ghost be ye baptized and the Holy Ghost. Father God, we come to you today. We magnify you. We adore you. We love you for who you are in our lives. Lord God. <laughs> so it's kind of say, I am an overcomer. I know that's right. You know, I think that it is time for us, y'all, to, I mean, I don't, I, I can't stress it enough for uh for us to understand how important it is for us to be about God's business um, you know, last year when the pandemic hit and I preached in the, uh, I preached a message in the pandemic and I said um, things were going to get worse. You know, people were saying, "Oh, it's it's going to be okay." You know, it's this going to blow over and blah blah. And the truth of the matter is this not. And it, and and God showed me that so plain, so clear. And um, it, it's not. It, it only gets worse. But it just. It's about how, who you know. And how well you serve. Because a lot of us are saying that we're saved. Like Pastor was saying in that clip. He said you know. The, the devil don't care nothing about a Christian. Who sits around and, and plays the part. But what he's intimidated by. Is the ones who know who they serve. That know where their power come from. And know how to call upon the name of the, of the Lord. You know it's one thing to. Uh, you know to profess or to say hey. Because this is this is the more of this story. That was put out there. They want You want a position. They're asking. The mom is asking for a position. For these two brothers. Who are. In, they feel entitled. To, for this position well they have not um, done exactly what it takes to fulfill those spots and then Jesus lets them know it's not even my place to give it to you well in saying that using that for today how does that apply to us well you have to be careful of what you ask for I know that um, Dara Blair and, and uh, Lady Tanya Blair sung a song uh, some years back. Lord, make me careful for what I'm asking for. Yeah, you know, yeah. make me careful for the things that I, I don't understand, the things that I can't see, that you can see. You know what's ahead of me. And like Pastor was saying, uh, we was I think it was on one of our uh, preacher's corner. He was, he was talking, I think it was last night when he was saying, um, 
uh, Apostle Mary was saying how God tells us the, that the end was completed at the beginning. But the thing about that is we don't know anything in the middle. And the reason why that is is because look, we are on, we we are our, we live in our own free will. See, God He gives us our own. Uh, our own free will you can make a choice but he says in the bible i would that you would choose life he said you the, the you have a choice i want you to choose life i want you to be able to live life in that eternal but if you don't that's a choice that you make he knows who's gonna make it I can't tell you just like he was Jesus was telling the, the mother we can't tell you what spot you have or where you're gonna end up and you know it'd be good if we could all go to heaven based on buddy right. systems but we can't and as much as we love God and love you and want you to love God the same way it's just not possible this is something that is personal you got a way out relationship and religion that's where we are today. You know, nobody really, um, nobody really takes out that time to search God out the way that he wants to be sought out. Nobody prays the way that they should pray. And it, and it shows, it shows. It's like, uh, that, that one, um, preacher's corner with McKissick. He yeah. said, when you come to church, if you don't get nothing, that's your fault. I say it all the time, and I know it sounds harsh when I say it, but now how do you feel about it now that you heard somebody else say it? He got over three, four, maybe 5,000 people in his congregation, but you have to remember that this is, uh, this is personal. This is nothing that when we come in, that's why I always say in the morning, I know it sounds repetitive, redundant, whatever you want to say. Why should I always get up there and say the same thing? I say, good morning. How many glad to be back in the house of the Lord? Because guess what? If one is not glad to be back, we got a problem. <laughs> How many ready to serve the Lord? I say that every Sunday. If because if one not ready to serve him, you tired, you you stayed up too late last night, and you don't you're not ready, we got a problem. Because we should all come in there on one accord, seeking after the same thing. We ought to be coming in there. We ought to be hungry. He said, they that hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. That's, that means it got to happen. But if you leave your church and you are not fed, you're not filled, it's because you didn't come wanting to be filled. You didn't come hungry. You didn't come saying, Lord, here am I. You came looking at everybody else, trying to figure out what's going on with somebody else. You didn't come for yourself. You didn't say, God, when you when you step in that building, you ought to come in and say, enter into his courts with thanksgiving. Into, I mean, enter into his house with thanksgiving, enter his courts with praise. You ought to be coming in there because Psalms 100 said, said like this, we got a right, we got a reason, and a responsibility to give God praise. It didn't say praise him when things are good. It didn't say you got a responsibility when things, you know, because you got money in your pocket. It said you got a right, you got a reason, and you got a responsibility to give God praise. David said, I'll bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth all the time. He's, if it's continually, that means good, bad, and ugly. When I'm laying in the hospital bed, I got to give you praise. When I get evicted, I got to give you praise. When I ain't got no car, I got to give you praise. When my man walk off and leave me, Lord, I'm going to give you praise. There are some things that's going to happen in this life. That's why I always say if somebody ever told you that getting saved was going to be, uh, uh, you know, with going to be flowers every day they lied apostle mary bagged me up last night and told you <laughs> you they lied to you baby 
They lied. I tell you that all the time. I say, if somebody told you that coming to church and being saved was going was going to be a bed of roses, they lied. On this side, you will suffer persecution. That goes all the way around the board. Everybody. It, it, it is no exceptions to the rule. You're going to suffer persecution. People going to walk off and leave you. People going to talk about you, backstab you. It seems like it get worse. Because what you do, my daddy used to always tell us this. What happens is like, when you say yes to God and no to everything else that the enemy offers, then it's like the devil puts a dart on your back and every imp in hell is after you. Every imp in hell is after you. He wants you back. You were his servant. You did. You was his robot, his puppet. You did what he asked you to do all these years. How dare you put him to the side and say yes to God? How dare you sell out and say, Lord, yes to your will and yes to your way. And so now that we are coming upon this time that is so, it's so, um, this time is so sacred. It's so, I mean, I don't know if you can feel it. It's like, it is something different in the atmosphere. That is happening around us. And now that we have, we're embarking upon this time. You have to remember that. this The time is winding up. You know I know we say that all the time. But you got to know that. You have to feel it. You got to feel it spiritually. You got to know that. Something is happening around us. Something crazy is about to explode around us. We don't know what it is. But if you are in God. He said when the enemy comes in like a flood. He'll lift up a holy standard. But are you in the place to have a standard lifted on your behalf are you in the place where if you get sick that you can cry out to God and you'll be delivered are you in the place that if you don't have no food to eat that you can cry out and God will send somebody to put food on your porch are you in the place though are you in the place where God can bless you where are you don't just look for prestige and power and position that's not important that's what he was telling them you can't imagine what I'm about to go through you don't even um, when, when Pastor was preaching and I was listening to him when I was listening to Pastor on the clip and I looked down on the floor. He got a book down here, y'all, that say the painful side of leadership. There is pain in leadership. There is pain whenever you want to do anything for God. Whenever you say yes to God, there's going to be pain. Now, a lot of people get that mixed up because, you know, when you start going through trials and tribulations, the first thing you think is, you know, because I'm doing the right thing. No, sometimes you cause your mess. Sometimes you cause your mess, but when you know that you are sold out and you're doing everything to the best of your ability and you're serving God with your whole heart, trials will come. They will come. Trials will come because you have to be made. You have to know because there's some things on the inside of each and every one of us, not just y'all, us too. There's some things on the inside of us that have not been yet, um, that we haven't been been delivered or set free from. There's some things that hide on the inside. That's why I preached the message before, hidden things. Those tr- hidden treasures is what I called it. Hidden treasures was the name of the message. And I talked about how... People can only see what's on the outside. They only see what you portray to them on the outside. But God sees your inside. He looks on our heart. He looks at what we got on the inside because there's hatred and there's jealousy and there's anger. There's unforgiveness. There's bitterness on the inside of us. And we'll walk around and smile and hug people and act like everything is all right. And knowing that we're fighting a battle on the inside that can't nobody see but you and God. That can't nobody fix but God. Yet we won't come to the house of God to get what we need from God. And if we do, we come and we sit with our mouth shut like like we got locked jaw. Mm. What was that? Uh, uh, 
McKissick said that, that, that they didn't have no language. Yeah, you don't have no language. No language. You have no language. How do you come sit in the house of God? A God that, that's why I always say, if he did nothing else for you this morning, did, how many of y'all glad he woke you up this morning? Because you didn't have to wake up. It was somebody that did not get up today on September the 1st, 2021. Somebody's heart is not beating today. Guess what though? Yours is. Yours is. That, that means you still have purpose. That means you still got another chance. That means you still can say, Lord, forgive me for what I did on today, on yesterday, the day before. You still got an opportunity to say yes to your will and yes to your way. Somebody's chance is over. Somebody didn't get an opportunity to say it. My hallelujah belongs. And now we come to church freely. No chains holding us. And we'll come and sit. And I got to say, y'all come on, help me sing. Y'all come on, say hallelujah. You're not singing to me. And the people on the live can't even hear you. <laughs> they can only hear me and pastor on the microphones. You're singing to God. I always say, we prayed. We, we interceded. Now, let's worship him. Let's thank him for the things that we just asked for in prayer. How do you expect? That's like if you was in a relationship with a, with a man or a woman. And, and and every time they saw you, you had your hand out asking for something. But you never say thank you for what you gave me the last time. What you think they're going to give you next time? Y'all know we petty. We'll be telling everybody else, that nigga didn't even tell me thank you. Y'all know how we do. We don't even, we, we operate that way, but yet we, we mistreat God. We don't do him the way that we want to be treated by people. But we don't do him like we want to be treated. We don't even do that. We don't even give God our best praise. We come in looking for, for position, power. But not ready to, do, to deal with what comes with it. When you come in and you want positions, you want power, you want to do things for God, trust me, trouble is coming. That's what he's letting them know. Trouble is coming. Are you sure this what you want? And Target is yeah. on the leader. I'm telling you. Not only people behind them. Yes. So, I don't know. I think Lady Mayberry ought to come on the show tomorrow night. <laughs> no. Yes, Lord. Come on to the show tomorrow night. Yes, indeed. I got something else I want to share with y'all. Check this out. Why did Jesus have to die? You know, that's a question that we all ask at some point, and I want to explain it in a way that might make sense with a visual. You see, Jesus, Jesus came to take the punishment of our sin, the sin that you have done or would ever do. That's what he came to do. And see, you here look pretty good. I mean, come on, you look nice and clean, just the way you were meant to be. Oh, I could drink you up. <laughs> but we've all done stuff that we shouldn't do. We've all sinned in different ways. And the problem is, is when we sin and we bring sin into our lives, it 
it changes us. It changes who we are and suddenly there's elements in us that weren't meant to be there. Maybe it's, maybe it's bad attitudes or you, you yelled at your parents or you lied to a friend or you cheated on a test or, or you hurt someone or you hurt yourself. Whatever it might be, it's not the way you were meant to be. And God, God saw this and he didn't want it to be this way. He said, this was not how I intended you to be. So God had a perfect rescue plan. And that rescue plan was Jesus. Now Jesus was perfect. He, he came and he lived a perfect life. He was without sin. So the question was, what would happen if Jesus took the sin of the whole world, all of the sin, and put it in himself? And so he went to the cross and he took our sin. And Jesus took all that sin and put it in himself. That's the thing, is Jesus took our sin to the grave, but then he left it there. He left that sin in the grave and he came back with new life for all of us. And he was still perfect and pure and blameless and everything that we needed. And so you, with all of our sin and with all that's inside of us, you have the ability to say yes to Jesus because we don't need sin anymore. Sin has been defeated by the power of the cross and what Jesus did and the power of his resurrection. And so when you say yes to Jesus and you ask him to fill you with his power, <laughs> it changes everything. Jesus brings freedom. You couldn't have taken this out on your own. You could not remove the sin from yourself. Only Jesus could do that because he died and rose again to defeat the power of sin and bring us true freedom. And that's why Jesus had to die. We can live. He didn't have a choice. Not long. He didn't have a choice. He didn't have a choice. But we have a choice. We got a choice. We have a choice. Mm -hmm. And you can choose to be free. Yeah. You choose to be free. My God. Oh that illustration just, yeah, that illustration just put everything in a different perspective. Cause you know that being saved is something that, and and being free, delivered from all these different things, is something that you have no power over. You can't do it on your own. You couldn't have done it in your own power. I mean, if you could, there would be no reason for Jesus to come. That's why the when it say the Bible say when you continue to sin, that it's like um, you keep putting Jesus back on the cross. His dying was of no effect. If you can do it for yourself, then his dying was in vain. What what do we need him for? <laughs> what do we need him for if 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 we don't need to uh, if if we didn't need deliverance and if we could do it on our own? You can't do it on your own. You got it. You got to have God's power working in you. Amen. Any questions, any comments, anything anybody want to add? Hope y'all were blessed tonight. Sister Connie say, I choose freedom. I choose freedom. 
Rick Bodine said, uh, great perspective. Yeah. Mother Ewan said, new life, new freedom. Yes. New life, new freedom. Sister Connie said earlier, I am an overcomer. Yeah. I'm an overcomer. Praise God. Praise God. There's plenty, 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 plenty. We definitely appreciate the engagement. Uh, talking back, we, we, y'all don't know how how much that helps us keep going. While y'all come in, we see it and that'll spark another thought. <laughs> so that 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 is very, very, very helpful. At this time, we'll give opportunity for seed sowing. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. We thank you so much for joining us today. But we want to give you the opportunity to yes, sow a seed. If you would, uh, like partnering with us for the endeavors that we have planned for the life of our church. We have a building fund for a project that we're uh, attempting to complete. We have an outreach program that we're needing funds for. So yes, you can partner with us and be a part of the great things that the Lord has in store for not only this community, but for our area. We thank you in advance for partnering with us. The information is right here on the screen. God bless you. And thank you. We look forward to seeing you back with us again. God bless. Welcome. This is Fanita Mayberry here. I am the co-founder of Mafia Ministries for members of Faith in Action. Uh, we have started this organization to feed those that are in need, um, to help in our community. Um, the good thing about our program is we don't have a certain zip code. We want to help everyone that we can. So we have food, we have clothes, we have pampers, we have wipes, we have everything, the basic necessities that you would need for your family. We are available Monday through Friday by appointment only. Um, our telephone number is 817-297-4847. We are located at 118 South Texas Street. And if you know anyone in need, please don't hesitate to send them our way. Um, if you would like to be a partner and would like to partner with us in this endeavor, please reach out or you can go to our website at www.we rmafia.com Thank you and be blessed. Amen. And we're back. <laughs> amen, amen, amen. Hope you were blessed. Hope you were blessed. Carlette <laughs> said, Lord, I missed it. <laughs> you can always go back and look at it, Sister Carlette. Amen, amen. Hope you were blessed. I believe I'm gonna put tonight. Tonight was off the chain. I'm, I'm gonna put. I'm gonna upload this to the podcast. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Let me bear went in. <laughs> amen, 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 amen. Any final words? 
Amen. I'm going on with the Lord. Going on with the Lord. That <laughs> <laughs> means she tired, y'all. <laughs> amen, 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 amen. Amen. This is because let's say cool, y'all know I need Jesus. <laughs> mother say good, good evening, evening, Pastor Jay. Good evening, mother. Well, hello, mother. Uh oh. She's talking uh -oh. about good evening, Pastor Jay. Like, I mean, what am I over here? Chop this right now. <laughs> oh Lord. <laughs> All right. <laughs> amen, amen, amen. I can't believe her. She I mean she's just gonna go here and say, hey, good evening, Pastor Jay. I'm like, what? Uh oh. I'm gonna call her, y'all know I am. Uh oh. She's gonna get it. Don't do it. <laughs> Don't do it. Don't do it. Y'all be praying for us. Please be praying for me. Pray for my health. I tell you. I have not been just feeling my best for the last about three about what, three or four weeks. Yeah. But Next Wednesday, next Wednesday, we'll have our uh, Wednesday night worship. So we'll be back at the place next Wednesday night. We'll still be live, but we'll be live and in person next Wednesday night, 7 o'clock. We're going to have a worship Wednesday. We're going to have a Wednesday worship. night worship. Yes. You going to preach? Lady Mayberry preacher. Next Wednesday. <laughs> amen. Amen. Next Wednesday. Next Wednesday. We out of here. You gonna be my uh host tomorrow night too? I don't know. Ah <laughs> I thought I was gonna make it two for two. I help you online though. I be rooting for you while I ain't in here. Batman ain't never without Robin. <laughs> yeah. All right, y'all. We out of here. Y'all be blessed. So still say keep praying.